you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. The word says, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. He is there and he is ready to be found if we will seek him and if we will look for him. And we are a church that we come together and we seek the Lord together. Amen. What a great worship service. We are continuing our series, Walk in the Spirit. And today the topic is direct your mind. We need to know how to direct our minds so that we can walk in the spirit. I'd like you to open to two places today, Romans 8 and Galatians 5. Romans 8 and Galatians 5. We'll be starting in Galatians 5. And once you've found your place, go ahead and grab your Bible. We're going to say our Bible declaration together today as we posture our hearts to prepare to hear from the Lord and receive what he's saying to us today. It's on the screen, so let's say this loudly and together. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. God's word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and we should expect that every single time we come to his word that we would hear from him. And even hear fresh for today. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 18 and 25 if you'd get that on the screen for us, we're going to read this together. We are reading out of the New King James Version today. So if you don't have that translation with you, just read along on the screens. Again, Galatians 5, 16 through 18, and then we'll skip to verse 25. Let's fill this place with the truth of the Lord. Let's read loud and together. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit." Verse 25 again, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. If you are born again, you live in the Spirit. Then also walk in the Spirit. Last week we talked about ourselves being made up of three parts, our spirit, soul, and body. And this is where we learn that when 2 Corinthians says, behold, all things have become new, that it is our spirit that becomes new when we're born again. Our flesh already existed. It was already here. Our flesh isn't being born again. Like in John 3, when Nicodemus is talking to Jesus and says, I just don't get it. How can you be born again? 
This doesn't make any sense. No, in the flesh, that does not make any sense. In the spirit, though, we can be born again. After we're born in the flesh and we're born in the spirit, our spirit becomes connected to God and our, holy, and our spirit becomes one with the Lord's Holy Spirit. Our spirit is like a lamp. We talked about this. When we are born again, the light comes on in our spirit, when our spirit comes alive, because it was previously dead spiritually. And then we find that we're born again, and the light comes on in our spirit. We're able to connect with the Lord. We're able to understand his word. We're able to receive revelation from him when we come to him. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. I want you guys to hear the truth of the word directly from the word that says our spirits are one with him. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When we're born again and our spirit comes alive, we are joined to the Lord, to his Holy Spirit. And now our spirit is directly connected and is one with the Father's Holy Spirit. We also looked at Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 6. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive, our spirit, made our spirit alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we find that when we're born again and our spirit becomes one with God, we are in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus sits in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And so in the Spirit, that is where we are. Spiritually, we are there, sitting at the right hand of the Father, with Jesus, in Jesus. Not even just with Jesus, but in Jesus. The head of the church. But we're still here on this earth. Our bodies are still here. We still get to live this life. We still get to learn all of the things that he has for us to learn. We still get to grow every day and every day walk in the spirit and continue to grow in that. But never forgetting that spiritually we are one with Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. And all of the power and all of the authority that God gives us in that place. So as we walk in this fleshly life, we have to remember that we are one with God. And we are sitting in those heavenly places. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you believe that today? We have to walk differently because we are different. We get to walk differently because of what God has given us. The authority that he's given us, the Bible tells us that he gave Jesus the name that is above all names, yes. and then he gave us all authority yes. in that name. And we get to walk in that. We get to live in that every single day. And so we have to remember that our focus is to walk in the spirit. Focus on what God says to do, right? Right? Walk in the spirit, not try to not walk, not try to, for not, how do I want to say it? 
not try to not do the things that we know we're not supposed to do, but to do the things that God says to do. It's so easy to walk in love, to walk in joy, to walk in peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. That's our focus. That's what we're looking to is the word of God, what he says to do. And focusing on the truth of who we are in Christ. And so God is telling us that if we will focus on what he is saying to do, if we will hear him, and we will do what he's called us to do, then so much of what happens in the flesh will just fall away and won't even become a problem for us because we're focused on what God says. We're focused on walking in the spirit. We're focused on doing what God has called us to do. So when we're focused on walking out of the kitchen and into the family room, we can walk into the family room, right? We don't say, oh, I'm stuck in the kitchen. How do I get out of the kitchen? No, the point is, I'm going to the family room. I know exactly how to get there. I'll walk out of, out of the kitchen. I'll walk into the family room. We're not focused on being stuck. We are looking to where God has us to go. Galatians 5, again, 17 and 18. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. The flesh and the spirit do not get along. They don't want to do the same thing. The flesh certainly does not want to do what the spirit wants to do. And the spirit certainly does not want to do what the flesh wants to do. And they are against each other. When we see cartoons where there's an angel sitting on one shoulder and devil sitting on the other shoulder, that is a real representation of the conflict between our flesh and our spirit. That is exactly what it is. Isn't it incredible that some worldly depiction of this internal struggle is accurate? Things like that are crazy to me. Even people who are not saved, they recognize, they recognize it. They recognize that there is conflict. They recognize whether they admit it or not, that there is something greater, that there is someone greater, and that they are not experiencing the fullness of life that they should be experiencing. So praise the Lord that we are here together today to hear from the Lord and to be taught by him and to receive the truth that he says to us today. Back to No, we are moving forward. Sorry. Romans now, <laughs> chapter 8. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Go ahead and flip over to Romans chapter 8. We're going to see how walking in the spirit is shown to us throughout the word. And that it is woven throughout, and the Lord teaches us to walk in the Spirit. Romans 8, verses 1 through 9. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So don't identify with your flesh. Identify with your spirit. Identify with the real you. 
the real spiritual you that is alive in Christ, that has been born again and is directly connected to God, that is one with his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit that the word says brings to our remembrance what he said, his scripture. When we need to remember what God said, the Holy Spirit brings that to our remembrance. Our comforter, what a great help to have. Imagine, know that you are connected directly to that Holy Spirit. Verse 1, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So it's important here to understand that this is not about doing the right thing. That this is not about in your own strength trying to fulfill the law. Trying to fulfill acts of doing the right thing. Because Paul teaches earlier in the book of Romans that um, we're justified by grace. Not by the law. We're reading right now in the Saul Life reading plan. If you're reading with us, we're reading through Leviticus. The law. Sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. For sin after sin after sin. And if it's this kind of sore, it's this kind of sore, it's this kind of sore. I don't know. I can't keep track of all of that. If I can't even keep track of all of it, how can I fulfill it? I cannot. And so we have to see throughout the Bible, we have to put all of the teaching together. When Paul teaches earlier in Romans that we're not justified by our acts, we can't do enough to be right, to do right, to do enough good, to be good, that we're justified by grace. Then when we read this verse, there's therefore, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but those who walk according to, but, but according to the Spirit. So it's not saying that if you are in Christ Jesus and walk according to the Spirit, there's no condemnation. If you're walking in the Spirit and walking according to the flesh, there's condemnation. That's not what Paul is teaching us. You are in Christ There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And so, as we are going throughout our life, and as we are being sanctified, set apart, holy, sometimes the sin that we struggle with still tries to creep in, and we still have to fight against it. And so it doesn't mean that if that happens, you're condemned. That's not what Paul is writing here. Because he already taught us that we're justified by grace. So that means that if I am in Christ, if you are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. And so when those things creep in, we repent and the Lord forgives us. But there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because when you're in Christ Jesus, in the spirit, you don't walk according to the flesh. You walk according to the spirit. 
because you are one with Christ. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, we can't keep up with all the do's and the don'ts. We can't keep doing all of the do's. We can't not do any of the don'ts. We sometimes do all some of the do's. We sometimes do one of the do's. We often do lots of don'ts. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, because we can't, in the flesh, keep the law. God did, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh Set their minds on the things of the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will set your mind on the things of the flesh. If you live according to whatever shows are going to come on on Thursday night, it's your flesh. (laughs) Or it could be your flesh. Or football on Sunday mornings. I don't watch enough football to even be aware of football on Sunday mornings. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. If you set your minds on the things of the spirit, if you set your mind on joy, you walk in joy. Focus on it, hear it, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So today we set our minds. We direct our minds to the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But the carnal mind is in enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're ever driving on the freeway, not so much in the high desert. Okay? But imagine that you're on the 210, because this is where it always gets us. You're on the 210 driving toward Anaheim. You're in the carpool lane, and you know you got to get on the 57. If you're in the carpool lane, it is trouble you got to be watching for that sign for the 57 because you got about a half a mile from the time you can legally get out of the carpool lane and get all the way across five or six lanes to exit the 57. And you better watch out because there's an exit this way for south and an exit. No, it doesn't go north. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You got half a mile. To get out of the carpool lane with five kids in your car. Keep everybody alive. Get all the way across 
to the exit. You've got to be watching for where you're going. And if you're, if you're, if you don't know where the sign's going to be, if you don't even know where the 57 is going to be and you're just, you're watching all the signs go by, you're never going to find it because there's a lot of signs. And so spiritually, if we're going and we're looking at all the signs, everything going on, we're never going to be able to focus on the sign of the spirit and be able to focus on what God is saying to us, what God is telling us to do, what God is telling us to walk in, in the truth and the power that he loves and the love that he has for us. So if you're driving and you know that the 57 is coming and that's the one sign that you're looking for, you're not going to miss it. And so it's just like that with the spirit. If you're going and you're looking for the spirit, all those off-ramps of the flesh are just going to keep passing you by. They're just going to fly by, and you're going to see them all fuzzy in your peripheral vision, right? You're going to know that they're there, but you're not even distracted by them because you're focused on the Spirit. You're focused on the one thing that you need to be focused on, and everything else just flies by. Isn't that nice? Don't even stop to look at it. So when you're born again, there's this conflict because when you were born a baby, you were born in the flesh, your soul is active. And here's what it sounds like. Because I've heard it in my house for 10 years. Okay. That's the sound of the soul. I have a dirty diaper. I want to eat. Wah, I'm tired. Wah, just wah, right in the middle of the night. It's just wah, looking right at your face. Wah, that's that baby's soul talking to you. So if that soul in that cute little baby, today is Stephen's first birthday, and I am conflicted. My heart has been shattered. And I'm so happy. <laughs> Next year, no more diapers in our house. Bless the Lord. <laughs> so if that soul has been active for all that time, and then you're born again, and your spirit comes alive, and now your spirit's in charge. Guess who doesn't think your spirit's in charge? Your soul. And guess who is still actively announcing itself? Yeah, and actively saying, wah. It just has words associated with it now, right? It can't just say, wah. It can say, no, I want that. No, I want a package of Oreos at 2 o'clock in the morning. no I want to watch that movie I know there's that part in it that I shouldn't see but if I watch everything else and just fast forward that I'll be all right it's pushing it we all have something 
I just get to tell all of you your things. Just kidding. We all have something. We have got to tap into the spirit of God. We have have to actively teach our soul by walking in the spirit that it is no longer in charge of me. My spirit is alive. Soul be quiet. I will not do that. I will not go there. I will walk according to the spirit. And the more we walk according to the spirit, the more our mind is directed in the things of the spirit. And the more those off ramps just fly by, they go faster and faster and faster and faster. Direct your mind to the things of the spirit. Tell your soul to be quiet. I have to tell my soul to be quiet. And stop talking to me. My spirit's in charge. I sit at the right hand of God in Christ. So you have no control over me. We just have to remember that and know that it's true and it's loud. Tell it to quiet down. The more we direct our mind and walk in the spirit, the quieter our soul becomes. Submission. And the louder but not louder, the clearer our spirit is. And the easier it becomes to walk in the spirit. Paul teaches in the books of Corinthians that we have an ability when we're one with the spirit and receive the Holy Spirit to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And part of that is a spiritual language, where when you pray, you pray the perfect will of God. You pray from your spirit directly to the Lord in words that you do not understand. If this is something that you are unclear about or have not learned a lot about, I encourage you to read your Bible and seek the Lord. And let the Lord teach you the truth of what he says and the gifts that he's given us and the power that he gives us to operate in. I encourage you also to participate in our discipleship process, Operation Solid Lives. Because you will learn a lot about this. It is so necessary that we realize that we have an ability, a gift that the Lord gives us, to speak in a spiritual tongue, And it edifies us. It builds us up and it encourages us. So who thinks that if we're trying to walk in the spirit, if we're trying to direct our minds, that using this gift of a spiritual language that the Father gives us would benefit us? How good it is to pray when you don't know what to pray directly to the Father. And let your spirit take care of it. Your spirit that is one with the Holy Spirit. Who knows exactly what your need is. Exactly the need that you're praying about. 
and communicate and can communicate perfectly that need to the Father. And while that's happening, it edifies you. It encourages you and it builds you up. The Father has been so thoughtful in the gifts that he's given us. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no shadow of turning. He is faithful, and he loves you. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to your flesh, you will reap corruption. The Bible says it. it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. But the second half of verse 8 says, But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. To bring up OSL again, if you've been through OSL, you know how this goes. If you haven't been through OSL yet, get involved. We come to the end of a class of OSL after four weeks, and people come up to receive their certificates. Woohoo, I graduated OSL. And do you know how many people are crying? They're weeping because God has changed them. They say, oh, I know the love of the Father now. I can hear God when he speaks to me. I read the word and it comes alive. Because do you know what they've done for four weeks or six weeks? They've sowed to the Spirit. If you have done it, you have sowed to the Spirit. And you have reaped at the end of that time. It says, for whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. So if you've done OSL... You have sowed to the Spirit. And it says, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So don't ever stop sowing to the Spirit. If you've been through OSL, keep going in those disciplines. Keep reading your Bible. Keep journaling. Keep praying. If you haven't been to OSL yet, get involved in our next one. You're going to love it. But continue daily in what the Lord says. Continue daily in his written word. Continue sowing to the spirit. Romans says, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Renew your mind. Direct your mind. Walk in the spirit. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Walk in the Spirit, and he'll take care of the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God. Walk in the Spirit, and all these things shall be added to you. He says, Don't worry. The birds eat every day. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. The lilies are dressed so beautifully, they don't worry about what they're going to wear. And he says the same for you. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Walk in the spirit and all of these things, not some of these things, not a few of these things, but all of these things will be added unto you. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of all of the things that you need. So set your minds on the things of the spirit. And at work, don't be like everybody else. Listen, I'm in it with you. We go to work every day. Don't be like everyone else. People go to job interviews and they're all excited about the company they're interviewing for because, hey, I want you to pick me. Say so many good things about it. Get hired. Say so many good things about their boss. And over time, things might change. People get grumpy. All of a sudden they say, oh, I was hired to do this job and you want me to do this now? This isn't what I want to do. This company makes how much money? And I'm only getting this tiny little portion of it? Don't I deserve more? You guys are so greedy. Attitudes change over time. Don't be like those people. Instead, serve your boss. So you serve your boss according to the flesh as unto the Lord. He is not the Lord. The Bible's not saying that. But you serve him according to the flesh, as unto the Lord, as if he's the Lord. Honor. And expect that as you serve your boss in that way, and as you walk in the spirit, that the Lord blesses you in your job, that he blesses the things that you do, that he blesses the area that you're in, that he can even bless your employer because of you. Yes. Expect that. Amen. That's right. And expect people to see it. That there's something different about you. You always have a good attitude. No one else here has a good attitude. We're all grumpy about this stuff, but you have a great attitude. Tell them why. Yes. And expect that your boss could even be blessed. That your company could even be blessed. Because of your faithfulness to listen to the Lord and to do what the Lord says and to walk in the Spirit. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of all of that stuff for you. Remember Joseph? We talked about him last week. Joseph was a slave. But Potiphar gave him authority, put him in charge of everything, put Joseph so much in charge as a slave that Joseph knew what was going on more than Potiphar did. Potiphar didn't even know how much he owned. But Joseph did. Because of how Joseph served Potiphar, the blessing came. Then even after Potiphar's awful, adulterous wife tried to mess up Joseph's life, Terrible lady. I don't know if we can call her a lady. Ugh. Adulterous woman. What a shame. Joseph gets thrown in jail. But do you know what happens in jail? He is honoring. The guy in charge of the prison starts putting Joseph in charge of things in prison. 
even in prison, the blessing of the Lord cannot be stopped on Joseph's life. Because he is honoring to his boss. And then gets out of prison, and Pharaoh puts him in charge. Now he knows what's going on over all of Egypt. And after seven years of plenty, and then seven years of famine, Pharaoh was a wealthy guy because of Joseph. There's no reason that you can't see that same kind of thing paralleled in your life. There's no reason that I can't see it paralleled in my life. That none of us should expect, shouldn't expect that our jobs should be blessed. We should expect our jobs to be blessed. We should expect our employers to be blessed because we are there. Let the Lord use you. And we also see in the Old Testament, Jacob. Jacob worked for Laban. He got, Laban was a swindly guy. Swindly, swindly. Jacob was there to marry Laban's wife, and Laban says, sure, just work for me for so many years, and then you can marry my daughter. So Jacob does it. And then Laban gives him the other daughter, tricks him. And then Jacob doesn't find out till it's too late, and Laban's like, well, come on. I can't. I can't let the younger one get married before the first one. And Jacob's like, but that wasn't the deal. So Jacob works another several years to get the wife that he wanted. And then after all of this, Laban recognizes that the good things that are happening with his flock, with his herd, with his sheep, are because of Jacob. Because Jacob honors the Lord. So that the blessing that swindly Laban is receiving is because of Jacob. At first, Laban says, you can have all the streaked lambs. Jacob says, awesome. But then Laban sees, he's getting too many streaked lambs. We're going to change this. You get the speckled lambs. Jacob says, sure, I'll have the speckled lambs. And then like there, there are so many speckled lambs that we can't keep track of them. The blessing won't stop. Because of Jacob, because of how he serves his boss and honors his boss, as unto the Lord. Let's do that all together. When we go to work, let's serve our bosses that way. Let's be honoring. Let's not be like everybody else who's grumbling, talking bad about each other, talking bad about bosses. Let's represent the Lord and see the blessing of the Lord on us and at work. We've got to continue to direct our minds to the things of the Lord. Direct our ways of thinking, the things that we do, all of this as unto the Lord. Walk in the Spirit. Remember Galatians 6. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. Sow to the Spirit, and of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Drive down that freeway. Fast, but not faster than the speed limit. And let all those off-ramps of the flesh fly by you. Stay focused 
on the spirit. Stay focused on what the Lord is saying to you. Direct your mind to that thing. And let all those opportunities of the flesh that present themselves regularly. Let them fly by. Don't even look at him. Stay focused on the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. I'd like the prayer team and the praise team to come up as we prepare to close. Everyone would close your eyes and bow your heads. We're going to respond to the Lord. The Lord is speaking to us. And it's just like when we're talking to each other. When someone talks to you, it is appropriate to respond. So we take this time to respond to the Lord. To say, Lord, I hear you talking to me. So with your eyes closed and your, and your heads bowed, just take a minute to thank the Lord for speaking to you today. Out of your mouth, say, Lord, I thank you that you speak to me. I thank you that you are with me. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you that I am a new creation. If you have not yet accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, I give you an opportunity now. Come forward. The prayer team is here ready to receive you and pray with you. Come forward and let us pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord of your life. If there is any healing that you need in your body, any restoration in relationships, anything that we can partner with you on, come forward. The prayer team is here and ready for you. Ready and willing to pray with you. God, we thank you that you speak to us. We thank you for your spirit and thank you that our spirits are one with your spirit. We thank you that we can hear from you and that you teach us to direct your, our minds toward you. Lord, I ask you to help us to keep our minds on the things of Christ. I ask you to help us during this week as we go back to our normal routines of life. I ask you to help us, Lord, to keep our minds focused on you, our minds on the things of Christ. That as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all of the things of this world would be added unto us. All of the things that we need would be added unto us. As we stay focused on you, looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are watching over your word to perform it. And that you will do everything that you said you'll do. I thank you that you are faithful, Lord and that you are with us. Your word, Lord, is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
Lord, I thank you that you have helped us to discern our soul and our spirit today. And that we can now easily recognize the old ways of our soul and the new ways of our spirit and the new creation that is our spirit. And that as our minds are directed on you, we are able to walk in your spirit. 